Hello, rogues. It's episode 15 of the Streets of Avalon re-release. This is our final episode of this re-release. We are 10 stretch goals in as of this recording, which means for the $10 PDF, you're going to get the book and a bunch of supplements. The Urban Ranger, The Firearms of Avalon, A Map of a Neighborhood, Iron Shoes, and The Blacksmith's Folly, which are two adventures by Avalon creator Brett B. of Gaming and BS, The Urban Barbarian, 10 magic items and spells, four character dossiers of the characters from this very podcast, a district map of Avalon, and then we're going to take all of that stuff, and maybe a little bit more, and collect it into its own book, The Master Archivist Collection. That's the working title. So if you want that, click on the link in the post notes, and you can get in on all the dark citywide urban fantasy action or you can just type in tinyurl.com, Streets of Avalon. Now, before we get to the play, I have a final preview for you. This is a letter from Nora McGinnis to Hildegard back at the village. Dear Hildegard, this letter will follow the last at what I do hope is a slower pace since I paid almost double for the first to reach you with rabbit speed. I pray it reaches you at all. As fast as rabbits are, everyone knows they don't do well with distances, and the village seems farther and farther away with each day that passes. I keep remembering what our elders would tell us, that the city was nothing but trouble, how we'd laugh. Remember that? You'd say that the city had guards, and what was the point of guards if not to keep trouble away? Well, the thing is, I am beginning to think our elders were right. This city is trouble, and it breeds the kind of trouble guards can't help with. Cities make people think they're more than they are. We have this little girl tied up right now because she attacked us. The boys tell me it will be trouble because we won. Apparently, Daddy is a very powerful man, so little girl does anything she likes. Even get people killed. That doesn't sit right with me. People should earn their place in the world based on skill alone. How else will they succeed when their backs are up against a wall? Now take a deep breath, Hildegard. As I said, we won, but yes, we were attacked. Fionn did well and even took her first kill. She did throw up after, but not everyone has the stomach of a predator. I wouldn't count that against her. I can't help but hold it against the city. That people could grow up so terribly in a community without anyone stepping up is absurd. What's happened to these people? Have they lost their way? I don't know how to help. I have prayed to the goddess for guidance, but if she gives answers, I am too humble to understand. In this battle, we won a box. It contains a god's mouth. Mara said that it's a bad god. I think it's at least bad luck. We hadn't had it for a moment, and already things were hunting us for the box. And I do mean things. Creatures taking the guise of people trying to steal it from us. They remind me of the creatures in the first chapter 9. Unnatural things that don't seem to follow the laws of the goddess. The creatures gave themselves away in the eyes. Eyes are near impossible to fake. Eyes reflect the soul, and you can't fake what you don't have. Nora. That's all for this installment, and the final installment. Now on to the last episode, and if you've backed the Kickstarter, I thank you. It's gone way better than we ever could have expected. I would say tell your friends, but it might be over by the time you hear this. So, just thank you. And we look forward to running with you rogues. Last time on the streets of Avalon, our rogues found Ergon, mage architect of Avalon. But what's this? Fionn has volunteered to take the box to the catacombs? Let's see what happens in our conclusion to the first story of the streets of Avalon. Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS, I am the Dungeon Master. 
Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign. Morris Solanus. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginis, also known as Grandmother. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. I am playing a ranger, Fionn McFinnegan. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, uh, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I turn the microphone over to Brett B. Fionn, my dear, if we do this, you're not coming back. That's all right. Grandmother, I'll take the box. Grandmother is looking rather seriously at Fionn. Are you sure about this child? There's no sticky buns down here. I'm just saying, Fionn. This dude's like a super good wizard. I'm sure sticky buns can be made <laughs> either by through in in the in the locked kitchen <laughs> or by magic. We can obtain sticky buns if needed. He's an alchemist. He knows the recipe. Fionn will kind of kneel in front of grandmother because she's sitting down so that she's eye level, and she will say, "I'm sure." I extract the box from my uh, dress of holding <laughs> and hold it out to Fionn. I will take the box. Ergon looks at you and Fionn and says, if you wish to come, we will we'll go. We'll take it there. And you're not going to be able to come back. Why can't she come back? It's not here. The catacombs are in another place. We'll have to go there. And I don't know if you could handle the return trip. This box has the potential to destroy everything in this world. I think that's worth it. Okay. Morris begins kind of like fondling the sealed note that he's got in his pocket that Fion had handed him earlier. He's wondering if it was like the old suicide note, essentially. Yeah, Nora's eyes are turning up a bit, but there's also a little bit of pride there. Vassar, what are you thinking? This is way over Vassar's head. Yep. He's just a guy who lives in the streets of Avalon, man. Like, this is undead creatures running around, and, you know, he ran into some goblins. That was weird, and hammerites and his mom and stuff. He's thinking about getting back to the servers, getting his mom, getting out of the city. You sure you want to do this, kid? I look at Maris, I look at Vassar, I look at Grandmother, and I say, when you talk about me, call me by my adult name, Nora Red. <sighs> so it shall be in the stories. Uh, Nora stands and gives Fiona a heartfelt hug, and for once, she doesn't have words. I'll give you, like, the forearm grip and go, you're one hell of a person, Nora Red. I'll tell stories about you. Well, uh, Nora Red, thanks for saving Avalon. I appreciate it, and uh, my mother appreciates it, and every person who's up there that doesn't know appreciates it. I give Vassar an awkward fist bump. Okay. Fiona, you have the box. He's fine with you holding on to it. He looks at the cat and says, Master, would you like to go with Grandmother, or are you staying? It walks over to Fionn and um, sits by her feet, says, Oh, excellent. You'll have company. Hang on. Wait, what? Master? I mean, I call him King Tom, but I didn't actually think he was... Are you the king? No, 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 he's not the king. Is he Odin? No, 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 no. He is a cat lord. All right. Thank you so much, my wonderful friends. So, Urgon says, uh, I assume the three of you could find your way back out? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, nice to meet you. 
And you. If and when we are back in the same area, feel free to stop by. Nora bows. I'll put on the spectacles so I can shake his real hand. Ah, very well done. It's not so squicky then. Doesn't gross you out quite so much. Fionn will come in for one last hug with Grandmother, and she's going to whisper, Tell Fiona to suck it! Grandmother does smile a bit at that. Grandmother reaches into her, again, dress of holding, pulls out the notebook and just hands it to Fionn. Well done, child. Excuse me. Well done, young lady. The three of you make your way out. They, i.e. Ergon, the cat, and Fionn walk you back to the uh, waiting area. They do the uh, goodbye bit. As you guys walk back out, you turn around and the wall is back where it belongs and there is no sign of a door. He is an architect after all. Makes sense. Yeah, I didn't see this plane out this way. Not so sure I feel great about this. What? She made a choice? Yeah, but I mean... I trust Fionn to make sure that the box is taken care of more than I trusted him. Oh, I'm not saying I don't trust her. I'm just... I don't know. I feel bad that we're not going to have her in the group anymore. What group, Morris? I'm leaving town. Nora's probably going home. What are you going to do? Well, I've got some stories to write and tell. I'm not going anywhere. Got a family to take care of, and if that bitch Violet's around, I gotta mess with her shit. Seems like a good life. So, Nora, uh, you want some company back to your village? I think that would be nice, Fasser. So the three of you heading back up, are you heading out towards Chili's place, or are you going to wait here for Muddy to come back? Oh, Muddy ain't coming back. He's gambling his coin away. Do you want to wait for Muddy, or do you want to find a different way out of here? If Morris says Muddy's not coming back, we'll just find a different way out. Okay. There must be an exit nearby, because he took the guard there. Correct. We go that way. Okay. Follow the trail in the dust? Yeah. Make your way back to where the T-intersection was, where the goblins dragged the guard, where uh, the goblins had the griffin. You follow the tracks that, or I should say the general direction that Muddy took him. Muddy didn't make any pains to be sneaky. So there's another set of iron rungs up on the right-hand side of the passageway. You climb up of that, and you pop out another dry well, move the large wooden cap to it, and come out into an alleyway. It's plenty dark at this point, so you guys come out. The lamps are already lit. You're standing there in the Avalon night, so the sky is a wonderful hazy blue-purple with the different gases and fumes from the coal fires and alchemical fires and all those different things that are just kind of rolling around. So, Morris, at this point, you're up. My assumption is that you're going to hand the letter over to, to Grandma? Yeah. Vassar, the street is uh, pretty much as you've always known it, known it to be up here. You're only maybe a block or two away from the Iron Wheel, so you're not that far from home. Do you guys want to wait here in the alleyway while Grandmother peruses the note, or do you want to read and walk? Grandmother takes the letter, and at this moment she can't really read it, as there seems to be something in her eye. It's a bit... Dusty out here. A bit dusty out here, yes, causing her... Eyes to water, and um, she tucks it away a bit until she can get some place where she can take a moment to read it. Grandmother is, um, at this point, she's got the note from Morris. A little bit dusty here in this uh, dirty alleyway this time of night. She's uh, busy wiping something out of the corners of her eyes. She would prefer, perhaps, to be somewhere a little more private to peruse the letter. You're only about a block, maybe two, from the Iron Wheel. My assumption is that's where you would probably head, or do you have a different location you'd like to take the group? Nope, I head to the Iron Wheel, lead the group there. Morris falls in behind, kind of dragging his feet. 
walking dejectedly. Doesn't feel like we won. When you guys get to the Iron Wheel, um, the lights are out, right, because it's closed. There's a basket on the stoop to the front door. It has a very poorly spelled Morris written in parchment sticking on top of this basket that's covered. It's not this. It's not like a huge basket. It's just a small pic- picnic basket, if you will. I'll pick up the picnic basket and take a look at what's in it underneath the note. It is. Um, it's food. It's hard Avalon candy. It's got some bread, basically home baked goods and that type of thing. On the bottom of it, it's again in very poorly written um, Avalon common. It's from the kids and their mom. They've just left it for you. See, kind of a happy, a guilty look on Morris's face as he's like, don't really have the coin to be dropping to give me something, although obviously it's very much appreciated. Kind of shake my head and tuck the note into the basket, take a bite of the bun or whatever that's in there. It's pretty good. It's not as good as other of other stuff you had. You could tell the kids probably had their hand in making it, but it's like that time when your uh, your kid makes cookies for the first time and goes, here, Dad, try this. And you're like, oh, it's lovely. Thank you very much. Sure. So you guys have come into the Iron Wheel. I would assume basically, uh, Vassar, you're going to you know light the lamps. Mars will help get things set up. Grandmother, there's the chair you've sat in a bunch of times since you guys have been here. Kind of assume the regular seating around the one table near the center. Grandmother, do you want a tea or a wine or anything to go with us? Oh, Morris goes behind the bar and grabs a bottle of wine and some glasses and brings them over. I get a glass of tea, but there is definitely a very generous splash of wine uh, to give it some extra flavor. I go to behind the bar and I grab a bottle of whiskey, and I'm sure you don't want this, Grandmother? That would probably be better, yes. And then I pour a shot. And then I pour a double for Grandmother, and I do the shot. Grandmother cracks open the letter and sits back and begins to read. Dear Grandmother, I have learned more in our time in Avalon than I have during my entire life. We've met so many incredible people and done so many incredible things. Things I never could have dreamed of. I love Glenshire. But it took me leaving it to realize how much a part of me it is. Since the box came into our lives, it's been nothing but violence and death. I knew that would follow us if we kept the box. Maris has to take care of Allison's family. Vassar needs to take care of his mother and the neighborhood. The village needs you, so this has to be me. I don't know what the this is, but I'm not scared. I guess this is what being an adult is like. All my life I've wondered what being an adult would be like, and it happened without me even being aware of it. I'm sorry if what happened with the lamplighter scared you. I thought we should have every tool possible for whatever's going to happen. Tell the rest of the family I love them. Thank you. For everything. Fionn. As Grandmother finishes reading that... Vassar sits at the table again with the bottle of whiskey, and he just takes a long, long pull on it, and then he puts it down, and he looks up at Grandmother, and he's like, you raised a good kid. She raised herself. She became a wonderful, wonderful person. I look at Morris, and I'm like, well, at least you have a good example for raising those two kids. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And I was going to run, maybe go to Glenshire, but... 
Fionn's right. I need to stay here and make sure this neighborhood keeps running. Yeah, plus I need my job here at the Iron Wheel. Grandmother, if this is goodbye, is there anything I can give you or get you for your trip back? I may stay for just a bit. I want to make sure that my son truly did leave the city before I myself leave. That's perfectly fine. You'll always have a room here at the Iron Wheel. Vassar, he puts down three more glasses, and he pours a uh, shot of whiskey into each one of them, and he raises it, and he says, To Fionn, who did the right thing, and we should all take an example from her and maybe not be so Avalon. Tenora Red. Tenora Red. I raise my glass as well. To Fionn. That's all for this story of the Streets of Avalon. Next time, we'll be taking to the high seas of Avanti for piratical shenanigans. But fear not, Avalon fans. We will return to the murderous alleys and lamp-lit streets in the future. We look forward to running with you rogues then.